wizards are good. A few years ago, there was one wizard who went as bad as you can go. a young man. I can speak to snakes too. No. His name? Tom Riddle. In the end, their greatest weapon. Voldemort's raising an army that I want to fight. Is you. The prophecy said neither one can live while the other one survives. It means one of us is going to have to kill the other in the end. We can expect great things from you. Yes. Only I can live forever. Can we only split the song once? Instance seven. Seven. There is no good and evil. Hawkeye. There is only power. Those too weak to seek it. You're a fool, Harry. And you will. We can end this. Harry Potter, you have fought valiantly. You did destroy each Horcrux. One destroys one. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Nerd Talk Ellipse, where nerd enthusiasts such as us come together with a common goal to geek out and preach nerdism in yesterday's and today's nerd culture. Featuring your hosts, Lane Stipe and DJ Ben Holla. This is Nerd Talk Ellipse. Hello, 
Nerd Enthusiasts, and thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Nerd Talkalypse. My name is Lane. And I'm Deej. And as always, we're geeking out weekly with our listeners about our favorite nerd topics. From Marvel and DC, specializing in the CW's Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Pokemon, The Walking Dead, Dragon Ball Z, and everything in between. That's right, folks, and here on our show, we express pride in pop culture nerdism and work hard to bring you trending content from fandoms you love. Reach out to us via email, nerdtalkalypse at gmail.com, facebook.com slash nerdtalkalypse, twitter at nerdtalkalypse, or simply write up a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear some listener feedback. It's time for the latest in nerd news with Nerdtalkalypse. Alright guys, thanks for joining us for episode 22 of Nerd Talkalypse. We're going to go ahead and get right into nerd news, first things first. Um, we've got DC Universe News. We don't have a lot of news, but DC Universe News is the, the taker of uh, today's headlines. Um, and the first thing is about Arrow. Uh, it looks like there's a possibility that Tommy Merlin may be able to come back to Arrow due to the Flashpoint. Which is awesome because they could do a lot of shit. Because like they could bring back whoever they want. Like you could see characters we didn't think we'd see again, and all kinds of. Right, shit. but if they bring back Tommy and they don't bring back Laurel, people are going to be pissed. I don't care personally, but right, um, whatever. Well, this is an interesting little bit of information. The Justice League has started a band. Earlier today, Justice League director Zack Snyder shared a behind-the-scenes shot of Jason Momoa playing his guitar on set while dressed in his Aquaman costume. Now Momoa has shared his own early, own behind-the-scenes snaps of himself jamming with his co-stars Ezra Miller and Gal, G- Gal Gadot. Is that how exactly? Gal, Gal Gadot, yeah. Gal Gadot, in his roomy trailer. Miller, who plays the Flash in the film, is an accomplished musician, providing vocals, drums, and keyboards for his hipster band Sons of an Illusion's father. Sons of an Illustrious Father. Last month during the San Diego Comic-Con, Miller showed off his musical skills when he put on an important impromptu performance, playing Rihanna's work and Nirvana's Something in the Way on a piano. For the Justice League jam session, Miller sat on the drums as for Wonder Woman Godot apparently subbed in for Miller, though I'm not sure if she's a skilled musician. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and then I guess she she tweeted out asking fans to name the album for the Justice League um, album. I don't know how true this is, but how cool would it be if the live action Justice League actually created a music band? Yeah, that'd be weird. That'd be so cool. But anyway, so Kevin Smith has uh, he's going to be helming a, a episode of Supergirl as the director, and um, he, the title has been revealed as <coughs> Supergirl Lives. Um, I guess he also wrote a comic book somewhere in the past. Um, entitled or a movie script or something like that called Superman Lives, mm. um, and they gave him this this. Uh, so I don't know if it's going to be loosely based off that or whatever. But I, he, I, he, <laughs> I love Kevin Smith, but he cries a lot. Um, That's good. I guess he started crying. He's emotional. Yeah, he started crying whenever they told it's him. A dream come true. Yeah, told him that. So that's going to be cool. Kevin Smith directing Supergirl. I'm excited for that. And he's going to be directing Arrow at some point. Yeah. And I think he's going to be directing Daredevil too. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So that, um, that's pretty interesting. Speaking of Kevin Smith, I wanted to tell you something. It's so funny. Emily started watching this show on Netflix. Mm. Emily's my daughter, by the way. She started watching this show on Netflix called um, Storybots. It's okay. like a Netflix original. And it's about like little robots that tell, right. that do things. 
and they have a whole bunch of celebrity cameos in it. And Kevin Smith was a cameo. Interesting. So was Jay Leno and like Whoopi Goldberg and stuff That's like so that. Weird. But yeah, Kevin Smith was like a superhero. He was a, he was a super mega ultra Ultraman or something like that. Interesting. It was so funny. So like, random and that'd be funny. I was like I was watching the episode. I'm like, what? I was like, it's Kevin Smith <laughs> in a kids show. It's just how t- they were teaching taught little kids how green screens worked. Interesting. It was so weird. Huh. They were trying to figure out how airplanes flew, and they went to him. He's like, Super Mega Ultraman lives here in Hollywood. That's it was, interesting. It was cool. Yeah, it was, That'd be like that random discovery. Of it was really interesting. Well, uh, according to Dwayne Johnson, Shazam will exist in the DCEU, which is not too much of new news because we've heard talk of him becoming him being Black Adam for a while. Right. Well, and without I, Black Adam, there's no... You gotta have Shazam with Black. I Adam. didn't put a lot of I didn't put a lot of stuff with this, but I guess like there had been rumors forever that the Shazam movie was coming, but it was going to be helmed by New Line Cinemas, so it wasn't going to be Warner Brothers, and it was going to not exist in the DCEU and all this stuff like That's that. Stupid. But now it is, and um, I guess like the director and Dwayne Johnson and everybody involved, they have a lot of creative control over what's happening, so they can do it properly and do it right, and they don't have to listen to anybody else telling them what to do right. and they actually might make a decent movie for once like that'd be odd dude like the Dwayne Johnson looks too much like the part to not have it like he looks oh like yeah absolutely I think that movie's gonna be so nuts when it comes out but I you should have, like John Cena as Shazam yeah that'd be crazy he has that build that stocky yeah like, that head and everything yeah that would be awesome <laughs> I can't see John Cena with hair though like yeah not like, a lot he doesn't have a lot of hair no he's always always like seems bald yeah no but even Shazam doesn't have too much hair like that's true. Like, more hair than John Cena does, but... Yeah. I don't know. It would just be funny. <laughs> that would be so It's funny. hard to think of white guys that are that, that kind of big. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I can see that. It would. I think it would take me out of the movie too much. You'd have to... Yeah, because you just think that's John Cena. Yeah, like, that's just... It's too funny. I won't be able to take it seriously. Instead of when he's... Instead of saying, Shazam! He says, John Cena! And then he... <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Dude, I don't know, man. I, I couldn't take it... I just, they have to have somebody really buff to play Shazam. Exactly. Because he's fucking huge. Yeah, because, like, he'd have to be, the, uh, like, a, a very white counterpart to Rock. Because him and Shazam and Black Adam are about the same size of person. Yeah. But I don't um, know who. Yeah, right. I really don't. Unless Goldberg. <laughs> oh, the only people I can think of are wrestlers, because they're big. Like, yeah. It'd be hard. It's hard to decide. I don't know. It, you wouldn't want to see a skinny Shazam, either. Like, that'd be weird. Right. Yeah, I don't know. That's like that new Superman they got. Skinny Superman. On Supergirl. Yeah. He's pretty oh, He's yeah. pretty skinny. I don't like that guy. I don't know if I like the way he looks. I don't know either. He doesn't scream Superman to me. Some of the set photos they've released looked really great. Yeah, but... But the, like that one picture that, that, that when they unveiled who he was or like what he looked like, I was like... Gay? Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. But right. anyway. Oh, is this is me? Yeah. Um, okay, so in Marvel news, we've got just a little bit. Um, the I guess Netflix is rumored to be considering Marvel's White Tiger for a new, either an animated series or a live action series. I'm assuming live action um, to go with everything else. And as far as I know, White Tiger is kind of like Vixen. Um, have you ever heard of White Tiger, Lane? No, he's not. He has not. Um, I think she's like she's got like animal instincts and. Um, you know, can do animal things. Not, I mean, whereas Vixen can like summon the power of any animal she wants, any animal that's ever existed. But yeah, I'm not really sure. That that's pretty cool. Marvel's just taken taken Netflix by storm. 
And then the last bit of news we have is, uh, I guess, the actor Kenny Baker, who he was a small little man who played inside R2-D2 all those years. He passed away yesterday. What's that? He was 81. Yeah. 81 years old. Um, I mean, he brought us all that joy from R2-D2 and everything you've ever seen R2-D2 and He's been inside that little can doing stuff, so that's pretty cool. And then we got this other thing that happened, and it's so funny. It's uh, Kylo Ren. Somebody somebody made Kylo Ren watch the new Rogue One trailer, which was super badass, by the way. That trailer was so dope. And somebody, I don't know how they did it, some genius made a video of Kylo Ren watching that. And it's hysterical, and I'm actually I'm actually going to add the clip to this podcast because it's it's pretty funny, but uh, definitely check that out. And um, I'm actually I'm going to put that in right now. Hello, this is Kylo Ren with another reaction video. We are going to watch Rogue One full trailer. Let's do this. Okay. Here we go. Hmm. Looks good. The world is coming undone. Ah, Saw Guerrero. A man to be reckoned with. Many tried, and they failed. I look forward to seeing him die. Can you be trusted without your shackles? Can you be trusted with this many blue neon displays? Rebel scum. Okay, yeah. That is what power looks like. Angles and spheres and windows. Are you really doing this? I want to help. Who is this person, anyway? She doesn't look Bothan. Was it Bothan's? Or was that the second Death Star? Bothan. 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 Oh, no, yeah. One man and his stick against lasers. Where can I find a stick? I'd be unstoppable. Here we go. This is it. This is what it's all about. I cannot wait to finish what those guys started. That's right. Shoot them all in the back. Oh, it's Magic Stick Man. The tides have turned. Whoa. Against an adat? <laughs> Where were those on Hoth? They should have had some. They might have actually won that battle. <sighs> grandfather? Wait, who is playing Grandfather? Is that Hayden? Oh my god, it's Hayden, isn't it? Why would they do this to me? movie 
Alright guys, and that was the uh, clip of Kylo Ren reacting to Star Wars Rogue One uh, trailer. <laughs> it's hysterical. I think I'm, that is so funny. Um, but this episode of Nerd Talkalypse is the episode, it's our special on Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Um, we're going to do a brief discussion, um, maybe without spoilers, and then do one with you know, a full spoiler and our thoughts and all that stuff like that. We're gonna have, we're gonna place the interviews in from uh, our midnight release party that we did, and uh, should be a good time. So um, stick with it the whole way through. If you don't want this spoiled for you, then just stick it with it for the beginning. If you haven't read it yet, that's why we waited a couple weeks um, to do this special so people could have some time to read the book and uh, all that stuff. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get right into it here. Okay, so Harry Potter and the Cursed Child um, is a two-part West End stage play by Jack Thorne um, based on an original story by Thorne himself, J.K. Rowling, Rowling, and John Tiffany. Um, previews of the stage play began at the Palace Theatre in London on June 7th of 2016 and was scheduled to officially premiere on July 30th. Um, the rehearsal script, not a novelization of the play, was released on the 30th, 31st of July and became the eighth eighth story in the set um, of the Harry Potter universe. The story is set 19 years after the events of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows and follows Harry Potter, now a Ministry of Magic employee, and his younger son, Albus Severus Potter. Um, so <coughs> the premise of the story oh. is the official synopsis. Well, I have a different summary right here. Okay, go ahead. <coughs> this is a little overall summary real quick. It was always being difficult being Harry Potter, and it isn't much easier now that he's an overworked employee of the Ministry of Magic, a husband and a father of three school-aged children. While Harry grapples with a past that refuses to stay where it belongs, his youngest son, Albus, must struggle with the weight of a family legacy he never wanted. As past and present fuse ominously, both father and son learn the uncomfortable truth. Sometimes darkness comes from unexpected places. That's exactly what was right here. Okay, well, I didn't I wasn't yeah. sure. But... <clears throat> Before we get right into, I want to like, a, like a, my overall, like, yeah, we'll talk about it. Like, I thought it was good. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't great, but it was good. Yeah, and I, I agree for the most part with a lot of people who claim that this story reads a lot like fan fiction that's been deemed canon. Actually, write it. Right. She just approved it, I guess. Now, until until it comes out to a point where J.K. Rowling says what she wrote. Right. in this book like what her parts were easier these things fiction anybody who's writing anything if the guy who write who wrote the first avengers book you know what i mean whether he had it mapped out or not technically it is fan fiction if yeah. he's a fan of his own work he's writing more stuff of it i mean that's one way of looking at it yeah but it's been <coughs> deemed canon by ro rolling herself and i mean there's just a lot of dissimilarities to me though like a lot of it doesn't fit, in my opinion. Just, like, more or less the actions of the people. Like, the way Harry acts in this book is not how I would expect him to act. Right. No, I agree completely. Like he acts really weird. Like, he does. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, yeah, in the spoiler section. Now, I mean, I don't, I don't expect we'll go too too awful deep into it, because there's... I mean, there's... Everybody's going to interpret this book completely different. Yeah, but um, we're going to give our interpretation, and then you can either agree, not agree, and whatever. Like, right. Now, I mean, and... and the the overall story of it I thought was I thought was good it, it but my problem with it is is it didn't really progress the universe any further you see what I'm saying I don't know 
Like, it didn't... Like, the story takes place in this 19 years later thing and ends... You know what I mean? It's it's several years afterward, you know what I mean? Right. During By the end of the story. But it doesn't really throw the story any further than it was when it began. Yeah, like, there's not too much effect. Yeah, like, it, it pretty well <laughs> ends the same way as it began. You know what I mean? It, it just... It's a... It's a I don't know what word you want to say, but it, the story takes place within itself and yeah, ends it's within like a side itself. Story, I guess. Yeah, like it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like, like the Sorcerer's Stone always progressed to the next year and so on and so forth, which is what it was supposed to do. And and the stuff that Harry did in Sorcerer's Stone was brought back up in Book Five, and and it, you know it was all brought back. You know, what I mean? this story is contained. It's self-contained. That's that's. I mean, there are stuff that you see from the last other books, which is cool. Well, yeah, absolutely, but like, nothing has really changed. You know what I mean? Like, right. the story is it's a it's a time travel tale. You know what I mean? Without without being too spoilery, that's what it, that's what it is. It's a story about time travel, and you know, and it, and it, it stays contained within the cursed child pages. You know, what I mean, nothing nothing is really brings about a changing future, like. I don't think there will, there would or could be a sequel to this book. Right. You know what I mean? It doesn't let you off on that kind of note where there should be a sequel. It or, would just be a whole other... St- we should... There should be another story. A different story completely. Yeah, like, if she wants to spin off uh, a lot of... You know, a, a series of, of the, the this trio, like Scorpius and Albus and Rose, like, bring it on. Right. I'm down with that. And she's even come right out and said, Harry Potter's done. Like, she's done telling his story. Right, yeah. Besides the stuff that she might put up on Pottermore, which is, that's something else that, you know, that, that we could bring up in here. If, the, if there's time, there's there's a lot of things that she released before Cursed Child about the li- life and lives lives of all these Potter characters. Right. Yeah, what they did and how, how they ended up being what they were. Right. And see, but the thing that, that bothers me is that she's deemed it canon. But I thought Harry was an Auror. He is. But was he in this book? I think so. I, think I he thought was, he was, was the just... leader of the Department of Defense or whatever. Like, he probably started off as an Auror, an Auror, however you say it. But I think he, at this, by this point, he was just the top of that. Like he was, okay. he was the boss of them. Cause yeah, I guess his duties did include. You know, he went out and he went out and fought, got that dude with the time. You know, like he, yeah. I, I think he was just like Kingsley Shacklebolts position maybe maybe higher yeah at this that point. makes sense but overall if you haven't read the book don't be turned off by the fact that it is a script well that's why a lot i saw a lot of people complaining <clears throat> online be like oh it's a script i'm not going to read it i'm not going to waste my time you don't have to read this book you know what i mean it's not something that is but it is worth reading it is good it's a good story if you can if you can muddle through the fact that it is a script definitely do it now they are releasing a second version of this book later. This is just the rehearsal script. Right. Another version of this book will release sometime maybe next year. I'm not sure when it is, but it'll have it'll have differences. Right. And that is because this is the version of the very first preview that they that they did on June 6th. That is the script for that. They learn stuff. The whole point of the preview is for them to learn stuff. <coughs> right. About what changes and what you know, what changes they need to do, and different things like that. Then the final script will be released as a book. Also, I don't know how that'll be. I'm sure it might, maybe it'll have a foreword from J.K. Rowling herself. I'm sure it'll have certain things. Right. Um. So, my 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 whole point is, don't be turned off with the fact that this is just a script 
Um, and yeah, it it, does, it didn't make the read any less enjoyable. Like, it, it was just fine. It read now the 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 previous Harry Potter books they they all are read from an, they're a narrative. Yeah, but even so, the way I look at it was, like, if you're reading it, it'll be like, uh, something 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 said Ron or something 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 said Hermione or scowled Goyle, you know, instead instead of saying who it was afterwards, they just say who's talking beforehand. So instead of saying said Hermione, they just say Hermione and then what she says. Right. And then there are state there's stage directions in between each action that indicate what's happening around them. So like it's it's really not bad. Now you, my get, own, you get immersed enough. I yeah, think. it's it's not it's not bad at all. Now I have a problem with how fast this book progresses. Yeah, but that's the, it's a play. But right? it, it makes sense. You know, I mean, it is a play. Like you have to keep telling yourself this is a play, and 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 that and that's just how it is. Now, um, Warner Brothers has acquired the trademark rights for Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and it, it is of movie level trademark. Now, they I don't think it's going to be film. I don't think these actors. I don't think Daniel Radcliffe or Emma Watson or Rupert Grant are going to come back. Harry always said he would he would reprise his role. Yeah. But I don't think that that's what they're going to do. I think that Warner Brothers is going to go to West End in London and film the play. Right. And release that as a DVD, maybe with the final script It'd version. Be a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Because the people that have seen the play have said it's great. Like, you have to watch, you know, it, it has to be watched rather than, than the thing. But the people who are super desperate to get the story and will never make it out to Broadway or will never make it out to West End London have the opportunity by reading this book to get that story and that's what's important that was what was important to me i just wanted to know what happened so it didn't bother me that it was a script and i i happily place it next to my other books as part of the collection that's fine i'm down with it so i'm, I'm not too bothered by it but definitely go check it out um if you if you have a problem spending money on it because it's not a novel then borrow it from somebody borrow from the library bar do something or spoil it for yourself online. All you need to know is what the story is. They have the entire thing up on Wikipedia. If you want to know what happens, it's all right here. It tells you everything that happens in Act One and Act Two. Yeah, but still, that's not enough. Like you gotta get the. Oh, sorry, Act Three and Four it's also. Still a so... story. Like it's still. Oh, definitely. I'm not saying. I'm not. I'm saying if you if you have a problem with reading it the way that you need to read it, you know what I mean, or the way that it's portrayed in the book, then there are plenty of places to do it online that you can still get the story and still know what happened. But I'm sure that this is much like Cliff Notes, where it's not going to tell you everything. Right, all the details. All the details of what happened. But worth checking out. Um, <clears throat> I out of let's say out of five. I don't know. I'd give it a three out of five. I, I was going to say pretty well the same thing. Maybe three and a half. I liked it. Um, <clears throat> like I said, the the best way I can say it, it was good, but it wasn't great. Like, yeah, it wasn't spectacular. No, it, I didn't have the same feeling after I read. All the other seven books, I can read it and feel absolutely... I love it. Mm -hmm. Even today, I've read them so many times. But this one, it was good. I'll read it again someday, but it just—it was good. Yeah, I mean... I'm not disappointed with it, but I'm not over-enthused either. Well, everything that happens in the book is so... I, I mean, I remember a lot of it. I'm not going to yeah. forget about what happened. Like, no. um, and Once I start seeing it... I, but a, and a lot of the story is like really like, like, wow. Like If you're telling somebody this that's never heard of this before... They're gonna be like, "Wow, what the hell? Like, are you right. kidding me? Like, yeah. this actually happened?" And it's insanity. But anyway, but. so that's our spoiler-free review. We're gonna we're gonna dive deep into um, all four acts here. We're gonna talk about everything. I feel like yours is different. Than mine. But, my act one thing starts off like. 
Warning. This is a spoiler alert. Please do not continue listening if you wish to not have this spoiled for you. Warning. This is a spoiler alert. right into it. We're going to start at part one, act one. I'm going to go ahead and read off a little summary we got here. Now the play begins on platform nine and three quarters and picks up where Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows left off. And that means at the end of the actual book when they were, when Harry was full grown and had his children yeah, on the during platform. Yeah, this during the epilogue. With a few modifications. Now there's some, like, I think <coughs> what they mean by that is like when you, it, it reads a little differently than it did just because at the end it was just, they, he was, she was just closing it up, but there's going to be a little bit more dialogue than we saw in that last Well, and don't forget that they also didn't add... They didn't talk about Teddy Lupin at all. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't even think about they that. They didn't even mention him once. It's just kind of messed up, because Terry, Harry was... Both, yeah, that's weird. <clears throat> but, uh... <clears throat> Albus Potter and, uh... Rose Granger Weasley say goodbye to their parents and board the train. Now, Harry has other children, and I imagine Lu- uh, Lupin's kid was part of it, but... The story revolves around Albus Potter, you know, and then uh, Rose Granger Weasley, which is his equivalent in age, uh, Hermione and Ron's uh, daughter. Right. Harry Potter, Ginny Weasley, Ronald Weasley, and Hermione Granger, I guess you should say Hermione Weasley and Ginny Potter, wonder whether their children will be okay. <clears throat> now, we still see the same the same thing about, what if I'm going to be in Slytherin or whatever, and he goes, well, you're, you know, you're, you're named after some of the bravest. Right. You know, he, that, that whole, that was still the same. And, because his brother kept teasing him about being in Slytherin, and he was all worried about it. And uh, Ron remembers his time at Hogwarts and wishes he could be going. Yeah, he like says that. It's funny. He's like, uh, "I wish, I wish I could be going back." Like, but I bet everybody does. Like, it sounds awesome. Right. And then, uh, Albus and Rose wander around the train looking for a compartment to sit in. Now, at this point, Albus is already kind of—you can just tell—he's kind of a little bratty kid. Kind of not too bratty, but just like, ugh, emo. Like he just hates being a Potter. Right. But it's weird because all, all of his siblings are Potters and they don't have that same, you know, he, he's just the outcast in the family, I guess. He just... Um, here's, here's something else that, that bothered me a little bit. I don't know if it bothered you as much too, but when they talk about how to get onto the platform, yeah, you know what I mean? He says like, oh, don't be scared, you'll crash into it. It's very important, but, you know, best do it to a bit of a run if you're nervous, which is a nod to really lose right. But like, you mean to tell me that they didn't... No, how to get on the platform? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, because I imagine because they always take their younger kids with them while they do it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, why wouldn't they have known? And, and later in the book too, like Albus has some serious trouble picking up his broom. Yeah, but you, th- he th- you think you he think he should practice. know that already? As like, the Weasleys knew all about bro- Like, they did broom stuff all the time. I know. I don't... Were, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, that's the that's the first strike with, with what Yeah, but me. that's not but the only wizarding family. You know, like, like Neville grew up in a wizarding family. He was he, he was uh, poor with his broom. But, uh... I don't know. Like, being Harry Potter's son, you think they would have played... Done some broom stuff. I'm sure they played Quidditch. And right, all that. and like, and and Albus. You mean to tell me El- Albus never went to the platform when James went to Hogwarts? Like, I'm sure he did. You know, he had that, to. That's, it just doesn't make much sense. Yeah, because like Ginny was always there when before she actually started school. But he, I mean, now think about Sorcerer's Stone when she says the same thing to 
Ron, like, yeah, well, I guess he's talking to Harry when that happens. Yeah, but still, like, either way, like, I agree with that. They should know already. Yeah. And the whole don't be nervous or you'll crash into it thing, I don't think you would crash into it. Like, right. Because I've seen, there's been parts in the book. Don't stop, don't be scared you'll crash into it. That's very important. Oh. Which, Although you like the way you made it sound like, don't be scared, you'll crash into it. But you shouldn't. No, don't I've... be scared, you'll crash okay. into it. That's very important. Best to best to do it at a bit of a run if you're nervous. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I can agree with that. <clears throat> anyway, sorry I interrupted. I just no, you're fine. So the uh, Albus and Rose are wandering around in the train, find a place to sit. They're just re very reminiscent on Harry, you know. And uh, so uh, Rose reminds Albus that their parents met on the train. So same. This will be the one time you guys you could maybe find friendship. And he's like, so you're telling me that I have to find friends here now, and then that's gonna be my friends forever. And she goes, that's quite that's a lot of pressure, right? Pretty much. And she was like, uh, but um, so decides to find the right the right compartment to sit in is very important as they could meet their lifelong friends here. They open the door to one compartment and find Scorpius Malfoy sitting there. They shyly introduce themselves, and Scorpius makes a joke about their parents' rivalry. Albus and Scorpius get along very well, like immediately, like yeah. Like, well, they walk in, and then, like, he's like, oh, I know who you are, like, and, you know, and then, like, they, they kind of think they know who Scorpius is. It's very, like, he right. must resemble Draco quite a bit, and, um, Rose immediately is turned off by the fact, no, I don't want anything to do with this Malfoy. <laughs> and, but then, uh, and then she's like, let's go find somewhere else. I was like, no, I think I'm going to go ahead and stay. Right. Which is cool. I like that. They get along very well. Rose leaves to look for another compartment. Alba stays, and the two kids become friends, sharing stories and sweets on the journey to Hogwarts. Very reminiscent of Ron and Harry. Yeah. Um, doing the same thing because I don't believe Hermione. Well, Hermione didn't know them. That happened. So, um, when the train reaches Hogwarts, the students attend the sorting ceremony. The sorting hat places Rose and Gryffindor, and both Scorpius and Albus and Slytherin. So Albus's fears were coming true almost immediately which like in the book you can imagine like if we saw this in the movie or something it would just have sent a ripple through the school like yeah because people are expecting a potter like, to be in gryffindor and i think they even yeah and, and it says uh, albus sits next to scorpius at their table unfortunately albus is mocked by the other students for being a potter and in slytherin um he does not have a natural gift for magic and struggles with his first flying lesson which is to my point he should know already um where the other children call him the slytherin squib yeah which is I, like you said, I don't... Which I guess, it's not out of the realm of possibility that maybe he did have trouble in the past, but... And he just didn't care. Maybe he never cared enough to practice. Like, yeah, maybe he didn't. I, I don't really know. You think... Because he doesn't like Quidditch. Because remember, they specifically say him... Neither him nor Scorp Scorpius like Quidditch. Like, yeah. He's a pretty angsty little child, but like... Yeah, he's I would imagine that James would want to be flying around all over James the place. James may like, have been. Albus just must not have cared at all. Now, like I said, like we discussed earlier, the, the book progresses really fast. You know, you see them and... Uh, the following three years of school are tough for Albus, and he begins to feel like he has to isolate himself from his father since a potter is the reason why great things are being expected from him. Which is the typical, your family shadowing. Like, Ron always had a problem with Bill and Charlie and Percy being his siblings. Right. And it was hard to live up to that name, but imagine living up to the Harry Potter name. Right. You know, that has got to be tough, but see, all of his other sons have done it just fine. Like, they have no problems at school. Yeah. Just this one little black sheep in the family, I guess. Um... Where are you at? Rose has a better time at Hogwarts, becoming a very popular and a chaser for the Gryffindor Quidditch team. Which is funny because Ron and Hermione's child became an awesome Quidditch player. Right. But she's also super smart like Hermione. 
Right. But where the heck did she get that great quote? Not from Ron. It was probably from Bill and Charlie and Fred and George. And Jenny, too. Yeah, Jenny was a great secret. Jenny went on to play in yeah. the Holy Head Harpies, I think. I think Yeah, I think that I read that on Pottermore, actually. I think so, yeah. I, I mean, think Ron wasn't terrible, it. but he just, his nerves were... Yeah. Um, I don't know where you're at. When Albus tells Harry. Oh, okay. So when Albus tells Harry uh, he wants to be alone on the platform before he goes to school in his third year. So this story progresses really fast. Yeah. Wait, did you you, t- you talked about this the following three years of school yeah. or tougher? Okay, yeah. So the, the story progresses really fast. Like you get they get sorted and then it goes right to his third year. Um, so when he tells him he wants to be alone, pretty much like I don't want you to say goodbye to me. Like, I don't need you to say good to walk right. me to the platform. And Harry is hurt by this and thinks that Scorpius is the reason why. Requesting Albus to sever his friendship with him, he refuses. After Albus leaves, Draco Malfoy goes up to Harry and asks him for help ending a rumor that he and his wife couldn't conceive a child and that and use a time-turner to go back in time and conceive one with Voldemort instead. Harry says he cannot do that, and then they part ways. So, th- this part in the book is when Lane called me. The very first yeah. night we got the book, he called me. He was like, dude. Did you just hear that? Yeah. He's like, did you just read page 18? He's like, yeah. And he's, he's, like, he's like, Voldemort has a child? And I was like, he's crazy. It was crazy to think about that that could possibly be Scorpius. See, but I was thinking of I've been forever. As soon as this book was talked about, I was like, man, maybe we're gonna see a child of Voldemort. Like that's the only thing I could think of. But. Yeah, it's the only thing that progresses the story. But just crazy. I mean, it's 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 very it's very interesting. Right. So then and so then presumably we go a whole year with nothing. Yeah, like that. No mischief happens during the during this time. I guess that it's not worth mentioning at all. Unless it is, and they just don't, you know, they don't got, I mean, they don't they don't have a lot of time in a play. Right. So they they progress straight through the, the summer between third and fourth year. Um, and Harry Potter receives a time turner with the help, or retrieves a time turner with the help of a Ministry of Magic, um, created by Theodore Knott. Hermione visits him um, as she is now the minister. Minist- I guess it would be ministress, <laughs> ministress for magic, um, to ask Harry to complete the paperwork. He is uh, complete the paperwork he is yet to do, and to start work on the other tasks he's, he was given. Harry reminds her that he has lots of work when he that he has lots of work. He will get around to it in his own time, and that he did very recently find a dangerous new object. Hermione and Harry agreed that the time turner must be destroyed, and they put it away. Right. Like at this point, they they both have a lot of power within the magical world because she's the boss, she's the minister of magic. Right. And then Harry. And is this the point where they discuss that all the time turners have been destroyed in um, the fight for in the Department of Mysteries? I think so. I think it happens later too because Draco asks asks to go back. Yeah, he says, "Can you please tell everybody that they were all destroyed in the Department of Mysteries yeah. battle and the Ministry yeah. of Magic?" And yeah, that was the year in the fifth book. Yeah, I guess when, but apparently, Theodore not he was, which is a, a presumed Death Eater, I think, or he's some evil dude or something, and uh, he was just causing man. Who knows what kind of mayhem he would have caused with that uh, time turner? You know, he could have done anything, but Harry took it upon himself and went and got it. So. Instead of destroying it right away, they put it away somewhere, which you can already tell that's going to just cause problems. But A few months later, Almost, Di- Almost Diggory turns up at Harry's home and asks to use a time turner to go back in time and save Cedric. That's the end. Almost went around to the house from his care home when Harry kept rescheduling the meeting Almost kept arranging. So pretty much, apparently Harry is hard to get a meeting with. Uh, maybe Harry was dodging him. You know, like, I, I can understand it. Like, what are you supposed to say and do at that point? Right. Maybe Harry was just, yeah, exactly. Maybe Harry was just not wanting to talk to Amos Diggory because of 
it's hard to remember the Cedric thing. Like, see, yeah, to me, it's, it's ridiculous to think that it was Harry's fault. But I mean, it was Voldemort. Yeah, right. Who, who, who would have? Who would have been? Able, nobody could else could have stopped it. Like, right. But, yeah, it's um, not like Harry had any idea what was happening when he got there. Both of them had their wands up. Both of them were on guard. You know, I mean, it's not Harry's yeah, fault that Voldemort was at the graveyard re- ready to kill Cedric. Yeah, he got killed by... Well, see, it's always funny because they always say Voldemort killed him, Voldemort killed him, Voldemort... But it wasn't Voldemort that killed Cedric. It was Wormtail. Right. On, on, on Voldemort's Peter orders. Peter Yeah, but he still... It was still Wormtail. Yeah, it was Wormtail. So, which was, to, to me was dumb whenever that prior Incantatum thing happened. And then Cedric came out of Voldemort's wand. Well, it was... Wormtail had Voldemort's wand. Maybe, but why would he have used Voldemort's wand to kill? That to use he was he had his own wand. True. He, you know, like what he just didn't have a wand after he gave Voldemort his wand back. Like, I'm pretty I sure that know. Peter had a wand. Like, but you you think so? But I mean, that's just a little plot hole. I'm pretty sure opinion. in the movie it is Voldemort's wand that he uses Maybe. to handle all these things. Yeah, well, to do that to do that. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna count it off the movie. The movie ritual. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not asking you to do that either, but in the, I can't remember how it... You read the book more recently than any of us, yeah. so I don't remember how it happens in the book. They don't really specify what wand Peter's using. He just uses a okay. wand, but I assume it's going to be a wand of his own, because... It would have to have been... Have why been would Voldemort's he be using wand. Voldemort's wand? It right? happens in Priority and Cantatum in there, too, right? In the fourth one. That, yeah, when they, they, they clash, and yeah. then, then Cedric comes out. Yeah, so, I mean, it would, it would have no choice but to be Voldemort's wand. It just doesn't make sense. Because also, the old man came out. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think Voldemort actually killed that one, maybe. But he was like a little guy then, I too. Know. Yeah, I don't know. It just all, a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. Because they always say Voldemort killed Cedric, but it's not. Right, yeah, it was definitely like Peter Like, if Parker. I tell you to go kill somebody, you technically killed that person, not me. I may have said to, but you still did it. Like, right. Yeah, but, that's for sure. I never really thought about it like that. It's always just bothered me. I don't know why. Just something stupid, but... Oh, what also bothers me in this is the way Amos Diggory is, like, acting. So you know it was your fault and all this blah, 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 blah. Like, at this point, I was irritated. Well, yeah, and, and, and he's also a really old man. And you think that by not saying that, like, if, if my daughter died that I would ever get over it. Because you really don't ever get over the ones that, you know, the, your loved ones that die. But, like, I mean, this is years. Like, you're talking 22 years and, and Amos Diggory still isn't, hasn't completed the grieving process for Cedric and he's still trying to blame Harry for it and he wants to I mean I, I get it man I get that you want to see Cedric before yeah, you die yourself even in the fourth book though as soon as it happens at the end of the fourth book Harry confronts the Diggories and offers them the Triwizard winnings right and he says no you keep it whatever and he says and Harry's talking to them and they specifically say we don't blame you it's not your fault right they specifically say that like we understand there's nothing you could have done it's not your fault Right, but all of a sudden now he's acting like it's completely Harry's fault. Like, right? How can you forget? I, I don't. I don't. I can't comprehend that. See, and these are the things you can trump up to being like Rowling never would have done that. Yeah, precisely. See now, and before we continue, I'd like to say that she has come out and said that not only did she not like using time turners in book three and learned her lesson from you from writing about time travel, but she also was not a fan of writing the Goblet of Fire and how it turned out in the end. She said it was the only book she ever had that was on a, um, that had a due date. A Goblet of Fire is easily one of my very favorite books. No, I'm just saying, and specifically, she said she had a due date and um, she rushed to get it done, so she wasn't a big fan of how it ended up turning out. I loved it. I loved it, too. 
but her personally, it wasn't. She, and she said afterward, that. every other book after that, she never gave herself a deadline. So everything could turn out. It's funny because immediately after that book, the fifth one had got to be the most boring book. At least the first three fourths. <laughs> it's it. so long. But the funny thing is about about all that is that she hated using a time turner, and she hated using or and she didn't like Goblet of Fire that much. This book centers around both of those things. Yeah. So maybe she's trying to make up for some things. Like maybe yeah. that's why. Maybe those two guys are like, oh, she didn't like this. She didn't like this. Maybe we'll write a story about it. And maybe make it good. Like. Maybe she'll really enjoy it. Maybe that's why she'll sit down and be like, okay, this is canon now. Like, <coughs> I'm going to have to read it off of there because... Oh, it's fine. But, uh... Yeah, so Emma sh- almost shows up, and uh, he's complaining and saying, oh, I, ne- I-, I want you to go back in time and save my son, all this and that. And Albus is uh, secretly, listen- secretly listening to the conversation like up on the stairs until he notices the girl who goes up to him. She says her name is Delphi and claims to be the niece and carer of Amos. She apologizes for her uncle, who calls Harry cold before he shouts to, for Def Delphi to help him return home. Like they have an immediate connection, it seems like. You know, she like Delphi and Albus. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like she's quite a bit older. Yeah, and and I I'm, I'm not sure if in the book, but I I had immediately just assumed her last name was also Diggory. Yeah, because she said her. Yeah, it's, I think. Yeah, because it's her niece. Their niece. So I think she even said Delphi Diggory. Yeah, she just kind of. It, it's weird. She's very. She's very. Uh, she kind of reminded me of Tonks. Yeah. A little bit. Like the just way that giddy. she, yeah, just uppy, uppity and, and ready, for, ready for action. Um, so then the, the day before the children return to school for fourth year, uh, Harry goes to speak to Albus alone in hopes, in the hope of trying to get him to see the light and change his behavior. Um, at this point, Albus is like really, he's so against Harry. He hates being a son and all this stuff like that. Um, he gives Albus the blanket that Harry was wrapped in when he was brought to the Dursleys. Harry had found it when Petunia Dursley died sometime before. Yeah, uh, actually, he said in the book, uh, Dudley actually sent it to him. Yeah, yeah, he had gotten it from Dudley saying that Petunia would want it, would have wanted him to yeah, have she it. She kept it this whole time. So. Right. Um, Albus does not take it, uh, does not take to the gift too kindly, and he tries to make his father understand how he feels about school. However, it leads to Albus saying that he sometimes wishes he wasn't Harry's son, since the family name has uh, has not been being has not been being has not been helping him at school. Yes. Um, Harry then says he sometimes wishes Albus wasn't his son either, leading Albus to become very hurt. Um, Harry regretted saying this, um, but the damage was already done. Yeah, see, that's another... Like, I could never see Harry doing that. I couldn't either. But from a parenting standpoint, which I'm, I'm, I'm the parent of a newborn and a two-and-a-half-year-old, so I have no idea... But I'm, I, me and my mother have said things to each other that we've regretted. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean, my mom has told me in the past, like, go to hell, and, and yeah, I mean, yeah, every, 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 you always fight with your mom, your parents, like, it happens. But uh, it's funny because like he tries giving him that 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 blanket, and he's like, well, what the heck is this? He goes, you gave you gave your other son a disability cloak, and yeah, and then you give me this blanket. <coughs> And then, and then, but see, but to Harry, that blanket's more important than any of it. Like, absolutely, you know, that's what his mother wrapped him in, and sent him. Like, I don't know. I mean, his invisibility, his invisibility cloak was his father, so that's probably important too. But that blanket had the most sentimental value to him. So, right. But you know, he just Albus just didn't see it. Like, but uh, I guess he speaks with Ginny about it while they are going to bed. Ginny says it will be okay, but Harry can't forgive himself. Harry has a nightmare that evening, and his scar starts to hurt for the first time in years, like in 19 years, years, mm-hmm. like pretty much this entire time. 
The next day, Albus is still very hurt by it as he gets in the train for the fourth year at Hogwarts. He's thinking about getting the time turner and returning to the past to save Cedric. Like, he concocted this ridiculous plan. He's like, oh, we should do it. Like, he wanted to help Al- uh, Amos really bad. Like, yeah, he, he, he wants to prove himself to Harry and to everybody else that, that he can do something and change and change something that was important. Right. But uh, Rose tries to befriend him again since they had grown apart since they started Hogwarts, so she tried to reconnect until she admits her parents asked her to, asked her to, which makes Albus want nothing to do with her. However, Rose does confirm the, exist- the existence of the time-turner. Um, so, so like Wayne said, they, they, do, they do concoct this plan. They decide that they're going to do it. Um, Albus finds... Albus finds Scorpius, and, and, and they they uh, come up with this ridiculous plan. Um, let's see. When he finds Scorpius, it is evident to them that neither of them had a good summer. Albus tells him what his father said along with what Amos wanted, while Scorpius tells him about the death of his mother that summer. So this yeah, is... We didn't mention it, but she had been growing sick throughout the years. Yeah, like this is Draco's been... wife. Her name was Astoria. Um, and, yeah, she had been growing... She had been getting really ill over time, and they talk about it on the platform before they go to school every year. And um, I guess she had died that summer. Um, They decide to leave the train and find the time-turner instead of going to Hogwarts. They try to find a way off the train, except they struggle inside to try jumping from the roof. However, they are apprehended by the elderly lady who brings around the Honeydukes Express. This scene was a little far-fetched. I thought it was great. It was cool, but it was far-fetched as hell. (laughs) It seems, yeah. But, so the trolley witch... Um, who tells them the train does not like when students try to leave it before it reaches Hogwarts. Her hands turn into claws, and she scares the kids to get back on the train. However, they later do find a way to leave it. Which I can't remember how they end up doing They it. just jumped off, and they used a spell to slow their descent. Or to no, that's right, that's right. But, as she said, she has never let students get off the train, ever. Right. But these two mediocre wizards are going to be able to do it? Like Right. You know, and she even says that like Fred and, Fred and George tried, and Sirius and Lupin yeah. and the Marauders tried. They were tried. way better at, at than they were. At the Hell end. yeah! So it, how the heck did these people, these kids, like, to me, this never would have happened. Like, it makes no sense that they succeeded in that. Like, right. No, I agree. But, like, like Harry and them have gotten through some stuff, and like they did some cr- ridiculous things at a young age. Right. But to me, this is just so far fetched that it makes no sense to me. Like, right. Like, so when they find they find their way off the train and they go to the old old person's home, the care home where Amos lives, and he, they find Delphi. Um, they tell Amos their plan, and he eventually agrees to it. With Delphi's help, they use Polyjuice Potion to uh, turn into Harry. Which is another thing that bothered me: is that there's only two scenarios that could happen in this. They said that she was a gifted potions maker, and she made the Polyjuice Potion. But a Polyjuice Potion takes an entire month to concoct. Yeah. So does she just have some? They just have Polyjuice Potion? That's what I assumed, that, that she just had why. some already. I don't know. Well, doesn't it say later that McGonagall said that there was the uh, Boomslang skin stolen and a bunch of stuff, and she just kind of... She said it's not illegal to, ha- to have them, so she didn't think anything of it. Out of the school? Yeah. How would Delphi have got it from Hogwarts? She doesn't go to Hogwarts. I know. But she was there. She turns up there later. Later? I don't know. I still... But still, I don't... I, I'm um, not, I don't know. I have no idea, but that's just... To me, that's plot so they use So they, pretty much the same thing that happened in Book 7. <laughs> they, uh, uh, Harry turns... Or Ron... Or, I'm sorry, Scorpius turns into Harry. Um, Albus turns into Ron. And Delphi turns into Hermione. And they go to the Ministry of Magic to find the Time Turner. They know it's another an, thing to me, that they would never have got away with that. I agree. After all the stuff that Harry... First of all, Harry, Ron, and Hermione did the same thing. You'd think that they'd make that kind of security yeah but it's, 
I don't know. I think a lot of it, there was a lot of leaps and bounds in this book to me. Like, Oh, absolutely. Just to progress the story, they made things to happen that I don't imagine would be possible. I'm just mad that they did it. Like, it's the same thing. Polyjuice Potion, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why? But anyway, so they, they, they decide that it's in Hermione's office. However, will they try to get it? Hermione returns. Um, Ron slash Albus goes outside and tries to stall Hermione. Suggesting, like, they hey, either have like, just <laughs> a, <laughs> suggesting they either have another child or go on holiday. Um, Hermione finds Ron annoying, although she stalls, or he stalls her enough for the others to get... I think they actually kiss. Yes, they do. Yeah, that's funny. Cause the I'll others to get the time turner and leave. Now, this is cool. They, don't, they haven't gone into this in this, but the time turner was hidden inside of a book, and they had to go through all these different riddles and stuff to get... They keep getting sucked into the bookcase and stuff. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was, it was hard to exactly picture what was happening, but Hermione just set some awesome trap on this... Like, which is crazy because they figured it out, but Scorpius is smart and everything, but there's no way. You know, Hermione is leaps and bounds smarter than most wizards in this stuff. That's, and another point, why wouldn't she put some sort of, like, alarm on it? Yeah, something. Just you riddle, I mean? all she did was riddle it. Like, yeah, she, they didn't, you telling me that she didn't put any sort of mechanism on there, some sort of magic to alert anybody else in the ministry that her office is being broken into. But a couple fourth years. And tampered with. Yeah. And, not only that, but you, she had Magic Most Evil on that bookshelf. Yeah. If that, that is my point. Why would you not protect that bookshelf, the book that tells you how to make a Horcrux, yeah. from anybody else getting that and doing the same thing? I don't know. Delphi could have taken that. We don't, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't, it just seems, I don't know. Hermione, see that's another thing to me that makes a fan fiction you, because Hermione would have done better job at protecting it than she did in this story. Like, right. Like, two fourths, two fourth years pretty much figured out. Delphi didn't really do much in the, you know, Scorpius and Albus figured out their riddles and all that pretty much. Right. Which, okay. So any dark wizard could have came in and done that. Absolutely. Any skilled, any adult. Like, that's a, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. But, regardless, that's what happens. Um, I think, you know, they get the time turner and they leave, and Hermione, Hermione is holding a meeting about nightmares. Um, well, the nightmares Harry was having. Yeah, the nightmares that Harry was starting not, to not have. Like nightmares in general. <laughs> um, and he was having, along with his scar, hurting. However, no one thinks it is a threat. They learn about um, their children being missing um, since they did not return to Hogwarts. Uh, Ginny thinks Albus ran away because of what Harry said to him. Draco Malfoy then turns up at their house since his son is missing too, and then Drake goes at Harry. So they have a little battle. Um, in the kitchen. He believes yeah. Harry is responsible after what is said to Albus, and they decide to end their feud for the moment to find their children. Right. So Which is, I think it's funny, because at that meeting, didn't Draco say, oh, Harry Potter's scars hurting again? Like, Yeah. He was, like, being a little jerk. Yeah, he's being... You know, they have their battle, which it was an interesting battle. Like, uh, Draco was holding his own against Harry. I, I almost feel like Harry would would be a superior wizard at this point. Like, Harry took out Voldemort, and I'm not sure Draco Malfoy is going to be too much of a, of a threat. Right. This is Act Two. We're getting into Act Two. Now they de- they they decide that Albus says Albus says they need to stop Cedric winning the Travelers' tournament to save him, which ultimately probably would, you know, because the only reason Cedric died is because they went to the. It would have just been Harry that went to the. Right. Uh, th- th- they decide Delphi needs to stay behind as her age may make her look strange because they were going to pretend to be students, Durmstrang students actually. Yes. And uh, since she's too old to be attending Hogwarts. They go back to the first task and disarm Cedric so he fails to get the golden egg. So, like, I, that, like he, he, like, used Expelliarmus on Cedric. Yeah, which is weird. So you mean to tell me that little Bagman 
didn't say like like he says oh Cedric's been disarmed like who disarmed him yeah really like like, like they didn't have any they didn't it was, nobody in the crowd like was like what the hell like who who disarmed Cedric like that would have I would immediately stop the entire thing it would have felt like foul play yeah exactly but then uh, immediately after that uh, Scorpius notices the time turner shaking and knows something is wrong. They were there, and they were then returned to the present when Albus ending up injured. Like I guess it just that that, that time turner can go. I guess it had like other limitations, like it had less limitations than some of the other ones, but it also had it was so powerful that you can only be for a certain amount of time. I guess or right. Well, it was uh, something about it. Um, it was like a homemade time turner. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a uh, prototype. Yeah. Um, where are you at? Uh, meanwhile, Harry has a dream. Okay, so yeah, meanwhile, Harry has a dream which reveals Albus and Scorpius are in the Forbidden Forest as he, Ron, and Ginny search. They meet up with uh, they meet up with the centaur Bane, who is just not even as he was just as helpful as he was in the past. Um, he tells them that a dark cloud haunts Albus, and they find the children in the forest after they return um, from the past. And Albus is brought to Hogwarts Hospital Wing. While Albus sleeps, Harry talks to the portrait of Albus Dumbledore, who tells him to see Albus as who he is and believes Harry has put an unfair high expectations on Albus. Um, so whenever Albus... Go ahead. So there's another thing, like, back to his dream real quick. It's just, uh, it was kind of cool seeing Petunia again. You know, you know, you get to hear... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And then, like, uh, but then his dreams always end with Voldemort saying, Harry Potter. Like, so that that's what's freaking him out because he's actually hearing Voldemort talking. So... Oh. Yeah, like I said, he sees Bane, and he says there's a dark cloud that's haunting Albus. They find the children in the forest after they return from the past, and Albus is brought to Hogwarts Hospital Wing. While Albus sleeps, Harry talks to a portrait of Albus Dumbledore, which was awesome. That would be so cool to see. And he tells him to see Albus for who he is. He believes Harry has put unfair high expectations upon Albus. Now, Dumbledore was never a father or anything, but I think he says that in there, but he says, uh... You know, but he saw Harry as a child or a grandchild, whatever you want to call it, and, uh... Albus Dumbledore is not known to give poor advice, so you think you'd listen, even though it's just a portrait. And uh, when Albus comes around, he finds he has created an alternate timeline. He is now in Gryffindor, and Ron and Hermione never got together, so Rose no longer exists. He also finds out Cedric still died. Harry once again asks Albus to end his friendship with Scorpius. So it's weird that, even though the timeline changed, Scorpius and him are still friends. So everything else changes, but him and Scorpius are still friends, even though one's Slytherin and one's Gryffindor. Right. Last thing I read about. Uh, so when Al, wait, the one about this one right here. Yeah, that was the last that, one you read. No, no, I oh. read the last. This, that's when you have to read. Okay. All right. So when Albus returns to uh, school life as a Gryffindor, uh, he starts to avoid Scorpius. They find Hermione is now the defense against the dark arts teacher, and consider her really mean. Yeah, she was freaking miserable. Um. And Delphi then turns up at Hogwarts and gets Albus and Scorpius to reconcile. They then decide that they have to put their um, they have to put their mistake right and decide to travel to the second task in hope of making him lose more points and which will probably save him so they actually decide that they're going to humiliate Cedric um, out, out of the tournament um, so it does only Scorpius is alone um, when he returns to the present um, oh yeah okay so they do this 
well, they skip a lot during this, but so they do this. Yeah. They go to the second task and they humiliate Cedric by blowing his head up, like, like in, floats out of the water. yeah, and infl- inflating his head in a in a similar fashion to uh, Harry's, uh, or I guess uh, uh, Vernon Dursley's sister when he blows her up in book three. So they inflate his head and they humiliate him out of the second task. Um, so this and this works, but it's only Albus that returns to the present. Um, they've changed the entire future so that Harry died at the Battle of Hogwarts instead. This means Albus no longer exists. Voldemort won the Hogwarts, or won, sorry, won, and uh, Hogwarts now teaches dark magic. Um, Professor Umbridge is now the headmistress of Hogwarts and tells Scorpius that he is acting strange when he questions her about Harry Potter, and she also, okay, yeah, so this, and she also says it's Voldemort Day, and this is the end of the task, or the end of uh, part two. Yeah, like or part act two, beginning of part two. A little bit. There's a, there's some also other uncharacteristic things that Harry does. I think before this, but when he tells McGonagall that he wants them to stop being friends, and he tells oh, her, yeah, I, will, I was like, I will bring the weight of the ministry down on you. Or like, yeah, he's he treats McGonagall jerk. really badly. He yeah, comes like, down on her. Like, tough. Like, you never had kids, and like he, like he's being so mean to McGonagall that I could not see him doing it. Like I couldn't see him acting like that. Yeah, it was pretty bad, but I mean, you you can almost. You almost feel like you want to give him the benefit of the doubt because his kid is missing, but... But still, that's a little bit over the top for it Harry. Is, like, it like, is. Harry was a good guy. Like, I don't know. See, but, but we've never known Harry Potter about how he was with kids, like, as a parent. Yeah, but still, he would never talk to McGonagall like that. I completely agree. I, I, I think he was way too harsh on her, but... And, and she was just completely taken aback by this, which is understandable. Yeah, they did skip a lot of stuff. Like, there's... I mean, there's so much stuff that we that they're skipping in this summary, but it'd be impossible. It'd be at at some point we'd just be reading you the book, which we shouldn't. You know, we're just trying to go over it and right give you the basis. But uh, Umbridge wonders why Scorpius is so acting different. This is Act Three. She tells him it's Voldemort Day and that he is a model pure blood student. And when they part the ways, she says for Voldemort and Valor while putting her hand on their heart and wrist together. So this is what would have happened at the end of the fourth book. If Voldemort would have came to power, Harry probably died. Harry, yeah, Harry would have died Harry either then or no. In the Battle of Hogwarts, Harry died. Is that, yeah, oh, is that what happened? Yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. Harry did, So Harry didn't die at the end of the cemetery still. No. But he did die during the Battle So, sorry, during this, that last just five minutes or whatever it was, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, and uh, there was nothing but feedback and cuts. So uh, let it pick up where it leaves off, and that'll be that. Yeah, it's going to be a little choppy, and it's not going to make a lot of sense, but it's okay. You'll get the drift. The night that Harry's parents died. Um, what the heck is this? A good two minutes of nothing. It's weird. So Harry, Ginny, and Draco find their children... Uh, find out their children have gone missing again and that they were last sighted with Delphi. They also find out that Amos sent the children owls to go talk to him. Amos denies sending the owls, although when they mention his niece Delphi, Amos says he really does not have a niece. They go through Delphi's room and find out she believes that she is the daughter of Lord Voldemort. However, since they don't know where the children went, they can only wait until they find more clues. Yeah, this is where they... They go to Delphi's room and find a new prophecy on the wall. If you could find that, that'd be awesome. This Act 3? Where are they at in this point? Act 5. Oh. I'm talking about the new prophecy that Delphi found, that Delphi yeah. had. I can't remember what it, what it was. 
Um, so Albus and Scorpius find out they have traveled to October 30th, 1981, the day before James and Lily Potter were murdered. Okay, the day before. Um, they think Delphi wants to kill Harry herself, so the spell doesn't rebound on Voldemort. They go to Godric's Hollow and find James and Lily and Harry. They decide that they need to tell everyone in the future what is happening, and they use Harry's blanket to write a message. So that was interesting. Because Harry said he always wanted to be with his blanket on the night on Hallow's Eve, which is the night before his, hair, his parents died. Oh, that plan was genius. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, so they, you know, they burned they burned some letters into it to let let her, their parents know where, in time, they are. So it works, and Harry and Ginny decipher the message, gather Hermione, Ron, and Draco, and try to find a way to help. Draco tells them his parents have had a secret time turner far more advanced than the prototype their children had. So how convenient. You know what I mean? That Draco had one. What? A time turner that. Right. That wasn't a prototype, like. Um, well, it was it's a real, impossible to find exactly what. Yeah, I know, but it was a real, you know, it was a real working time turner and all that good stuff. So, the, uh, let's see. So they go back in time to find their children. Ginny realizes Delphi only only means to stop Voldemort going into the house and killing the Potters. So the downfall never happens. She thinks Delphi believes Voldemort could love her, so they decide to make Harry look like Voldemort and apprehend her the next day. Um, this is where Harry trans... Hermione transfigures Harry to look like Voldemort. Yeah, which apparently did a great job because... Yeah, because he was really intimidating. Um, so this works for a moment. Delphi uh, pleads with Voldemort slash Harry to accept her, revealing that she is the daughter of Voldemort and Bellatrix Lestrange. Um, born at Malfoy Manor before the Battle of Hogwarts. Harry pretends to accept her, although the spell making him look like Voldemort fades and she gets upset. Delphi and Harry duel until his friends and Albus help him. Delphi is stopped and says uh, she's only wanted to know her father. Harry tells her he understands how it feels to have no parents, but they cannot change the past. So this battle was crazy. It took place in a church right across the street from yeah. where Harry grew I up. I guess she was more powerful than Harry could handle. Yeah. Because she, she must have been... And it says, then the real, the real Voldemort arrives and kills the Potters, and Delphi tries to call him. Hermione and Draco stop her. Harry decides to stay and watch his parents die. And hope that it will bring closure. And Absolutely. Just imagine. I think this would be hard. See Hagrid appear, and he picks up Harry... And go to the Dursleys, which is funny because we never see. They don't mention seeing Sirius because you would have seen Sirius at this point, and he would have had the motorcycle and given it to Hagrid. I thought he did that before. No, it was here. Oh, okay. He met he met Hagrid here at the rubble at the at the site. Yeah, yeah. You and then don't he see them, and he's man. like, "Fine, you can take." He's like, "Cause I give him to me, Hagrid. I'm his godfather." And Hagrid's like, "No, I got orders from Dumbledore." And then he's like, "At least take my motorbike." Like, right. And then that's when he went to go attack Peter Pet immediately. Right. Uh, Hagrid then appears, and then uh, they return to the present, where Delphi is sent to Azkaban. Albus and Scorpius return to Hogwarts, where Rose is now too. Scorpius sends Rose out, and while she returns to him down, while she turns him down, she allows him to kiss her on the cheek. Albus and Harry then visit Cedric's grave, and Harry visits every year to say sorry, where they finally repair their broken relationship. Harry and Albus, that is. Right, at Cedric's grave. That's cool. So, what is this? Behind the scenes. There's no. I mean, that was just like a rough, a little brief, rough summary of the book. I mean, we don't want to give away too much if you haven't still read it. And if you, you know, like, and if you have read it and you're listening this far, you know, 
you know enough to fill it in yourself. So like, right, absolutely. So like I, I mean, said, that was short of us. We didn't want to read that. We couldn't read the entire book to you, so we had to go with a brief. Some stuff was left out, but ultimately, like my feelings of it are the same. Like I don't I, like I didn't like the way Harry was acting towards McGonagall, you know. And then it's funny because when they went back in time, when uh, Hermione was the teacher, she was kind of a jerk. Hermione, yeah. Then, I'm, uh, I'm gonna try to look up the prophecy from Delphi. Can't find it. So it, was, it was interesting. It was before they were at the church, right? Yeah, yeah it was like during the uh, when they when they. Because that Wikipedia page is wrong. Because this is Act Four. <laughs> Act 4 is when they're at the church. Where were they seeing that? Um, where did they see the prophecy? In the room. Um, uh, the, it, it's right during this, I think. No. It was in Delphi's room, wherever that is. Yeah. Now, to justify the way Amos uh, Diggory was acting, I, like I said, at first I was irritated the way he was acting, but Delphi had used a confundus charm on him oh, yeah, that's to cause right. him to act differently than he was, which was fine. So that, that made it better for me, because Amos, Amos Diggory wouldn't have acted that way. Another thing, have all this time Harry believed that he had lost his his powers. No, not his powers, but his dark powers from Voldemort. Yeah. But all of a sudden now he's been able he's been able to use parcel tongues or and stuff like that. So oh yeah. I wonder if it had to do with the fact that Delphi was just around him or something. I don't know. I cannot find it on Google, man. It's not here. I don't think it says this. It doesn't actually say this prophecy. It does in the book. It's somebody, it says something about sparing the spare. When the spare of... Spared. And then on written in Florence and Paint, a prophecy. Oh, and Ron says, When spares are spared, when time is turned, when unseen children murder their fathers, then will the Dark Lord return. The Dark Lord return. That's the prophecy. Yeah, so this is Delphi's prophecy that she somehow attained from... I'm, I'm assuming Professor Trelawney, but... Th th that was just interesting, so... Um. When the children murder their fathers, who would have had to kill their father? I have no idea. And then it shows that her, her own writing, too, is, I will rebirth the dark. I will bring my father back. Voldemort had a daughter. But yeah. To Bellatrix. That's crazy. That would have had to have happened in, like, book... Five, the end of book five. No. 
because they said that she got pregnant. They had, she had the baby right before the Battle of Hogwarts. Yeah, so nine months prior to that. I wonder if that would have been maybe the end of book six. She would have had to have been a few months pregnant by the time when they were at the Malfoy Manor. Yeah. And then they got away. She would have had a baby between then and... You know... The battle, yeah. Between them the, and Because Delphi said that she was with Rodolphus Lestrange. Because mm-hmm. Molly Weasley had killed Bellatrix in that battle. Right. Mm-hmm. It's weird that she wanted... Why wouldn't she want to see Bellatrix? I don't know. Hmm. Well, because it's Voldemort. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, Voldemort is Voldemort. But, yeah, so... Yeah, so that, yeah, that's how it, that's how it is. It, it was a good read, definitely a good read. We I liked it. Um, definitely had a good time at the midnight release party. We're gonna add all oh, those interviews. Fun. We had a lot of interviews and a lot of a lot of good time. I'm gonna add those in here at the end of this. You guys can hear them and um, a lot of, a lot of them. There were young young uh, girls, young boys. It's also gonna be uh, the interviews aren't about this book specifically because it was before the book came out. Right. So it's just going to be their take on Harry Potter and whatever. So what Harry Potter awesome. means to them and stuff like that. It was like good that. These people, they were very excited to talk about it. And oh, absolutely. And we had our wand raffle and we had our wand raffle and yeah. um, it, it was good. It was very, a great success. So. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so that, that concludes our discussion on Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. I'm going to put those things here at the end and then we'll be back next week with another episode. Yeah, enjoy, uh, enjoy the episode and enjoy the interviews. Thank you. All right, so first things first, I'm going to do her first real quick. Okay. So what what does Harry Potter mean to you overall? Well, I learned it from my friend Allison, and like like two years after that, I started to read them, but then at the half of the fifth book, I stopped because for some reason I wasn't very comfortable with reading them, so I just decided to... Um, stop reading it but like know a lot about it so everybody would tell me so it means a lot but i didn't really get in the books a lot right now have you seen the movies um i've seen uh through the third and i think we're gonna watch the rest this um this weekend because there's a marathon so we might mm. be watching there's that yeah. harry potter weekend is the greatest thing ever. yeah but like we can't watch the fourth and the third but we already watched the third and I and um, my friend already told me a lot about the fourth, so yeah. All right. Well, who's your absolute most favorite character in the book? Um, I gotta say Luna Lovegood. Luna Lovegood. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Just because. Oh yeah, you 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 won the contest for being her yeah. tonight, right? Yeah, and she's my favorite because she's very. I like that she likes things other people don't believe in, and she's a little crazy but loony. yeah loony. yeah i like to be loony, loony crazy Luna. too right. i like to believe in mythical creatures listen and in stuff my like senior that. in my senior class of high school i got voted most unique and i was very proud wow. to be voted most unique i was very cool. i was very excited so what not what i campaigned for but whenever they're like you got voted most unique by everybody in my senior class i was like I guess that makes sense. I used to walk backwards down the hallways and stuff. <laughs> wow. I was just a weird yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good to be weird. Yeah. It's very good. good. To be weird, very good. Uh, okay, so we'll 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 get her next. Now, what does Harry Potter mean to you? Um, it means a lot to me. Cause, cause I've read all the books and I love them a lot, and I just love Harry Potter. You read every single book? Yes. Yes. What's your favorite character? Mm. I would say Hermione. Hermione? What's your favorite magical creature? 
Fluffy. Fluffy. Oh, that's a good one. Nobody's ever told me that one. All right. Um, well, I actually didn't. What's your name? Abigail. Abigail. And what's your name? My name is Lauren. Lauren. All right. We have Julia back here at the other end here. Right, Julia? That's your name? No. That's What's your name? Nikki. Nikki, that's right. Sorry, I interviewed a girl named Julia earlier. Yeah, that's you, my, inter that's, you interviewed her before me. Yeah, that's my fault. Um, so, this is another question I didn't get to ask you. What is your favorite magical creature? My favorite magical creature is Buckbeak. Buckbeak, a hippogriff. Yes. So, do you all do you guys know about the new movie that's coming out at the end of the, month, the, end of the year? The play? No. That's this book. That's yeah. the, the, the thing. What movie? Is that the a new movie? movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. No? No. Yes. Wait. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them? Yes. It I'm takes place 70 years before Harry Potter. Yes, I'm going to see that with my friend Skyla. Right. <laughs> so uh, it, should, it should be a good time. I think it it's going to be a good movie. I... There's, the, I know that there's the guy, the movie is about Newt's commander. Okay. Really? Yes. And he has a very high affection for hippogriffs. Really? Awesome. That's and a lot awesome. of people believe. I love a lot of people believe it's a, it's a theory. I don't know, so don't quote me on this. Okay. Don't be like, "Oh, some guy told me that this is real." Some guy told me that this is gonna happen. Now I have to go no. without a cadaver. Him. Some interviewing guy told me right. this is real, and now I have to go without a cadaver. Him. <laughs> so I heard that it could be a possibility that Mr. Newt's commander is a animagus. And that turned into Buckbeak because he really? likes him so much, wow. and that he's been in hiding so is that like, all really? these years. Like yes, the that's why Buckbeak is so smart. So yes, I'm not entirely positive. Yeah. If, if it's it's just it's just a theory that we had uh, heard, and I think it would be very interesting if that was the case because he does really very much like uh, um, hippogriffs. Interesting theory. Uh, uh, sorry, I went a bit British there for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, it is Harry Potter night. Oh, well, it's true. I mean, yeah. Uh, what was I, I going to say? It, it's a very interesting theory, but it, it would explain why Buckbeak is so smart. But Buckbeak is my favorite mag magical creature because uh, he's the one that Harry and Hermione used to save Sirius from. Uh, not Azkaban. I know it wasn't Azkaban. He was at he was at Hogwarts. Um, from uh, Hogwarts from, people. From yeah, uh, like uh, from the mentors. Yeah, the yeah, mentors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ministry of Magic. Yeah, the Ministry. Yeah. Yeah, in the Ministry of Magic. And you girls are sharp. You know your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know your stuff. I'm, I'm not. I've read most. Hey, but you still know. You still know what happened. The bond between Harry and his godfather Sirius was just. Mesmerizing. Well, I was very. J.K. Rowling wrote Sirius Black's character so well. I know. It, if I had to pick a favorite character, he well, Luna would be my favorite character, but Sirius is a very close second. Right. I like Sirius. Yeah, too. I think like I I was so shocked when my sister told me that his own cousin killed him. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're we dead to me. You're we dead got spoilers to me. happening You're over here. You're dead to me. You're dead to I'm me. Sorry. We got spoilers happening over my here. Bad. I thought you read the whole... The I have not! I'm only on Goblet of Fire! You're dead to me! Get out! <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, it's oh it's gosh. all it's all my fun bad. here. Oh, yeah. But I, thought you I, read I, it, I, I still bad. love her. But I understand what you're saying. I know yeah. I know everything you're saying. It was very shocking. I won't say who killed him. You just did! I didn't well, say not, the name. Not the name. How dare yeah, you. Though. You're evil. <laughs> my friend... Skyla! Skyla! Oh Skyla! Get over me. here! Hope I didn't like ruin your viewers. Ears. I mean, uh, you, yeah, you may no. have, but it's all right. 
Maybe people listen to podcasts while they're mowing the grass. Yeah, she's a spoiler. I'm so sorry that I spoiled that. Wow. Okay, sorry. Balotrix killed Sirius, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she, uh, you, now she's I'm sorry. now she's accepting of it. <laughs> you filthy half blood! All right. Well, that's that's gonna end that for us tonight. I got a, I got a couple. I got two more interviews that I got to yeah, do here. Okay. But, uh, thank you, girls, for being fun. on the show. I You're appreciate welcome. it. That was, thank that you for having fun. us. Yeah, yeah no problem. Except for you spoiled it. But yeah, you know, well, I, that, yeah I mean, my bad. Spoil it. I, I'll punish myself. I didn't spoil anything. They spoiled you it for themselves. I'm Dobby. I I'm Dobby. I, I spoiled it. All right, I'm, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna burn myself. I'm just no, gonna hit the stop button right now. I cannot swear. <laughs> all right, so your name? Adrian. Adrian. Adrian, what does Harry Potter mean to you? Man, it's an escape from real world. Like, <laughs> Harry Potter is a timeless adventure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, can't give you an interview. <laughs> um, so what age did you discover Harry Potter? Fifth grade. Fifth grade. How old was I in fifth grade? I don't know. That's a long time ago. That yeah. makes me feel old, Deej. I don't appreciate it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, you know. Like, no, yeah, no. Fifth grade. When the first book came out, my fifth grade teacher would read us a chapter every day of the book. See, I was she in second grade it. when the first book came out. Were you really? Are you yeah. that much younger than me? I think so. <sighs> like, <laughs> I'm not trying to continuously make you feel... Less yeah, but now my fifth grade teacher, she pre-read the book to make sure it would be like safe to read to us. And right. Then every day during story hour, she read us a chapter. And right. Like, oh man, can it's we have Captivating. That? Like, yeah. That's crazy. So. And every time a new book came out, as long as we were in her class, she read it. Right. Uh, that's awesome. So, uh, if you could choose one character to sit down and have coffee with, who would Nearly you choose? Nearly headless Nick. <laughs> Like before he became nearly headless Nick. No, as nearly headless Nick. As nearly headless Nick. I just, you know, hi, how you You'd doing? have to, you'd have to continuously mop up coffee. I would, but you know, it'd be worth it. Would you, would you, be very accepting of him complaining about not being a part of the headless hunt? Yes. Yes. You would just would. allow him to do that the whole time. Probably. He'd probably appreciate it. If there was a way that I could, you know, finish him off so he could be a part of that, then I would do it. Well, yeah, that's very true. So, okay. It's not his fault. He's only, you know, hanging on by a thread. So do you have... Yeah, right? Um, okay, so do you have a favorite book out of the whole series? No. No? I can't do it. You can't choose? No. You have a favorite movie? I don't really like the movies that much. <laughs> so you don't have like, a favorite adaptation out of all of them? Out of all of them, I the probably... The best adaptation. Like, Probably the second one. You think the second one was the, the best adaptation? Just because I have a fascination with Moaning Myrtle. And how Did she you just... go to Moaning Myrtle's bathroom? No, I haven't done that yet. But I just, you know, how horrible would it be to be a ghost and live in a toilet? Like... Yeah. <laughs> Ten points if it goes through her head. <laughs> That's my favorite. It goes through her stomach and 50 points if it goes through her head. <laughs> That's so funny. That's my favorite part of the movie. She just cried in the window. I actually, my favorite Moaning Myrtle moment is in Goblet of Fire. In the bathtub? Yeah. She's like, all, all of the bubbles were almost gone. I just love when she like, I just love when she, when she creeps up beside him and starts coughing. It's so funny. It's so creepy. Doesn't it make you think of Zoolander? I think I'm getting the back home Now, I did, I did from a, uh, from a, 
another podcast I was listening to, and they were reviewing the play, the new play. Uh, Moaning Myrtle's in the play. She's going to be in this book. Does she still live in a toilet? Uh, she does. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure she, she makes an appearance in the book at some at some point, so I'm not, I'm not really sure. I am so unbelievably excited that less than two hours from now, we are getting a new Harry I Potter story. I just sent you a Snapchat that said T-minus one hour and 58 minutes. I cannot <laughs> wait to read it. Did, did you realize that? But less than two hours from now, we get a new Harry Potter story. I know, I cannot absolutely absurd it'll probably be already read tomorrow like I was thinking about that yeah if it's short I'm enough I'm gonna I'm gonna read the hell out of it tonight. I'd be like I have a book to read go away right <laughs> right well, okay well I can't think of any other questions to ask um I'm gonna have to edit this part out <laughs> thank you Adrian you're welcome okay we are here with uh, Aiden Edwards Aiden Edwards okay and your age I'm 12 years old 12 years old and what does Harry Potter mean to you well Harry Potter has played a certain specific role in my life basically magic and sorcery and all that stuff you are a real sorcerer is that what you're telling me uh, no I'm not a real sorcerer but uh, well what, what what specific role did it basically it it, it it gave me like a certain kind of imagination. That's kind of where it oh, okay. all started. I understand. It, it allowed my imagination to kind of expand. To it opened your mind. Yeah. It's like Occlumens. Yes. Okay. Um. So, what is your favorite Harry Potter moment? Um. Basically, when Harry catches the when it, Harry gets the snitch, like it's for the first time. Yeah, for the first time. For the very like, first time. For the very first time. That was yes, just my because it plays into the story later. Mm-hmm. That it's was my favorite moment. moment. Okay, and who's your absolute favorite character? Um, Ron. Ron. I'm gonna have to say Ron. You're the first person tonight that said Ron. Huh. Why is Ron your favorite character? He's just, he's like, he's not, he's an important character, but he also just plays that little part of silliness, and that's just what ties the story together. It's just right. He yeah, he's it, a goofball. He keeps it funny. Yeah, he's a goofball. So, what's your favorite magical creature that was introduced in the series? Oh man. Um. I mean, I like every magical creature, but in the first movie, whenever he saw the unicorn, the dead unicorn. Oh, the Thestrals. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was just like, whoa, what What happened? We didn't, we didn't even know until it was finally introduced. Oh, okay. That's, it was just like that type of mystery that you had to figure out. Oh, absolutely. That's what I liked um, about it the most. Right. So, have you read every book? Um, almost every book, except for the new one that's coming well, out. Yeah, obviously. Nobody's obviously. read that right now. Um, what do you think is going to happen in that new one? Um, I'm not exactly sure. I haven't read the final, the one before this. I haven't read it for like a year, but... So you don't know you don't know anything about what's happening in this? No. Uh, did it, except that it takes place, what? Well, obviously by the cover. 19 years later or something yeah. like that? It doesn't say on that one. Huh. Well, anyway, I'm pretty sure it's somewhere around that. Yeah. That time frame. So you have no idea where it could possibly be headed. No. That's what. That's what's going to be that's the best the, part. That's the best part. Then you're just gonna have to. Yeah, you're absolutely right. All right. Well, I have run out of questions once again, and we'll have to edit this out. <laughs> so thank you, Aiden, for your interview. No problem. Appreciate it. Hello, I'm sitting here with, uh, and what was your name? Emily. Emily. As close as you can. This is Emily. We're here at the Harry Potter night, and uh, we're going to go ahead and give her an interview. 
So what does Harry Potter mean to you if you had to put it in a certain amount of words? Um, Harry Potter is... It's kind of hard to explain. It's kind of like... It's what everybody wants. Like, yeah. it's magic, and everybody wants magic in their lives, and, like, people just overlook it. Like, that's, that's right. what the muggles do in Harry Potter. So, like, maybe, actually, it is real, and maybe we're all just muggles, and Very we're crazy. Because so. Dan Schumpike actually says in the third one, he goes, because <laughs> Harry says, will anybody see the bus? And he goes, oh, muggles, they overlook everything. Like, yeah. they, they don't notice anything that happens. Yeah. That's actually a good point. I like that. Do you have a favorite book? Um, my favorite book... And it's also this my favorite movie too. Okay. It's um the ah crap. I for some reason it's slipping my literal okay. mind. What's what number? No, I missed out on the. I'm insane. My favorite book is probably Deathly Hallows. Actually. Deathly Hallows. Oh, yeah. The Half Blood Prince is my favorite movie. Yeah, I love. I love the Half Blood Prince because the, when they were going into D- D- Voldemort's past, mm-hmm. I just that was awesome. In the book and the movie. Yeah, I like I like the last book because it's probably like it's the most detailed. Oh, absolutely. And it's I love um, like Snape's memories and that entire makes you entire little, little tear fall down Literally, I cry every single time. And like whenever I read the word always, I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Kill the me. only problem I have with the sixth movie is that Dumbledore died incorrectly he did because Harry was in the book he was stunned mm-hmm. and he was under his cloak and this one Harry was just standing underneath he was just chilling there just it wasn't just it watching it because I was too mad like, I was like I'm going to cry in this movie because I cried in a book and I was like I'm going to cry in the theater when I see this but then it happened I was so mad I couldn't cry I, I cried I just couldn't I was so irritated that it was wrong <laughs> I just couldn't yeah still good it was still yeah. great yeah do you have a favorite character um, probably Hermione. Hermione. I think she's a great character as a female role model Absolutely. in general because she's like so smart and she's so independent and everything. Mm-hmm. And although she relies on her best friend sometimes, she's still like basically she leads them a lot too. Oh yeah. So. Like Harry would not have got through oh, half God, the stuff no. he went through without <laughs> Hermione. And sometimes knowledge is using your friends, using the resources that you have. You yeah. To do everything, like Snape does everything by himself. He's a good, smart wizard, but imagine if he had people. If he like, had his friends. He, I would yeah. say, in my opinion, I was talking to Deej. I would say Snape has to be <coughs> probably the third most powerful wizard behind Dumbledore and Voldemort. Yeah, probably. Next he to maybe Mad-Eye so Moody. He has all the potential for oh, it, but then he like mm-hmm. he's so involved in his hatred and his focus on keeping Harry safe because he was in love with his right. mother and mm-hmm. everything. So, yeah. But, so, uh, do you have any high expectations for this book? Are you super excited? Um, I'm really excited, actually. Um, I plan on staying here till midnight to get it. Yeah, that's um, the plan. And I'm pretty pumped for it. I would love to see the play. Oh, um, my God. Me and DJ were talking. To go to London and witness this oh would be... Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Oh, I would. that would be a dream beyond dream. Oh, like, yeah. Like, I imagine they'll bring it to Broadway someday, so we can go to New York and yeah, see it. But yeah. to go to... I couldn't even... Have you heard a lot London. about it? Um, yeah, I was I was really excited whenever I heard that they were making Hermione a black woman. Yeah, because they never. Spe- she said no, she never specified. Yeah, she didn't. And I love that they're doing that because yep. it's, it's like bringing everything in, yeah. really. And I love that. You like they have, they have the moving sets and everything. They, they put a lot of money into make it awesome. But. I'm pumped for it. Awesome. Yeah, I uh, can't wait to read this book. I, I never thought there'd be another day where I was reading Me a new either. Harry Potter oh book. Oh, my God. Now, now I was a little kid whenever I was reading the first oh, of ones. Course, yeah. And, like, they were already out by then, and everybody else had already read them. Mm-hmm. But now I'm you get like to be there older, with everybody and I get else. to be there with everybody else and imagining all of it for myself. So. Yep. 
All right. Well, thank you very much, Emily. You're uh, very welcome. Because and then we'll, you'll be able to hear yourself talking here in a couple of weeks. We're going right. to give everybody a chance to read their to read the book because I mean I'll probably read it in the next yeah. two days. But you want to make sure everybody has a chance. So mm -hmm. thank you for your interview. You're very and welcome. You have thank a great you. Day. Thank you. Okay. All right. So what is your name? You want to give an interview? Julia. Julia and Julia. What does Harry Potter mean to you? Um. Kind of means a big deal to me because okay. um, I like a lot of parts of it. You like a lot of parts of it. Mm -hmm. What's your yeah. favorite part? Um, whenever in uh, Deathly Hollows Part Two, it was near the ending. Whenever they find out that Harry's alive. Harry's alive. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, so it's very emotional for for everybody because they when Hagrid looks down and sees that Harry uh, is gone yeah. and he's so very confused. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so who's your all-time favorite character in the whole series? Um, either Hermione, Ron, or Harry. Right. And what do you like about Hermione? Um, she's really smart and pretty. Smart. Yeah. What What's your favorite thing about Ron? Um, well, I really don't know. You but really don't know? Ron, he's a little goofy. <laughs> I, I like him, though. Right, yeah. Um, so, uh, let me think here. How, how old are you? Uh, ten. You're ten? Mm -hmm. that's, all, that's awesome. Are you having a good time here at Harry Potter night? Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You got, you're going to get a new copy of the book, right? I don't think we're staying here here till midnight, right, but... but you'll get one. You can get one another time. Yeah. Have you read all the books? Um, not yet. I'm on the second book. You're on the second book? Mm -hmm. Do you like it so far? Yeah. The books are really good. I like them. I think I like them a little bit more than the movies, but shh, don't tell anybody. But, uh, well, okay, yeah. Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about as far as Harry Potter goes? Nope. Okay, well, I appreciate you doing an interview with me. Thank you. You're very welcome. I hope, I hope, I hope the best for you to win your wand. <laughs> And what is your name? Margot You might want to talk. In, all right, what was it? Margot Okay. And what does Harry Potter mean to you? Harry Potter was one of the first big series that I ever read. So. And how did it come about in your life? Well, my second grade teacher read the first book to us as a class. And then my brother had the rest of the series, so he lent it to me. Uh-huh. And then... And you just fell in love with it? Yeah. After how many books did it take for you to fall in love with it? First one. The first one? Strange. You were hooked? Yeah. Love at first sight, huh? So, who is your who is your absolute favorite character in the whole series? Okay. Um, first one that comes to mind that I really love is Dobie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and what, what about Dobby is your favorite? Well, he's just... The cute little elf that shuffles around and then like just does your bidding and like not that bidding part but like he has a nice he, he's a nice soul. Right, right. So, what is your favorite magical creature? Except for I guess Dobby would be it would count for both, but you have another set of creatures that you really like. Mm, I liked whenever there was the basilisk. Oh, the ba okay. How, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. The basilisk. The basilisk. You're pretty close. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty cool. So, what? Do you have a favorite book? Probably not. You probably can't choose. Know. That's okay. How about a favorite movie? Have you seen all the movies? I I've seen every movie except for like the last two. Okay. So. Can you do two? Oh, okay, do you have a favorite yeah, movie then? Thank you. Uh, what do you need to change for? 
I don't know. I don't remember the names of them and like, I don't remember like, I don't know. Let's just say the second one. Okay, that works. We all know which one the second one is. Okay, well, I appreciate you giving me an interview. Okay. All right, you have a great night, all right? Thank you. All right, we're getting all set up here. All right. What is your name? Nikki. Nikki, age? 13. 13. All right. Now, I just was asking, I asked her a bunch of a bunch of things, but what's your favorite, what does Harry Potter mean to you? Harry Potter, um, gosh, Harry Potter pretty much saved my life. I was in a severe depression, and then I found the Harry Potter series, and J.K. Rowling is such an amazing author that she really brought me out of depression. Right, right. It's, it's really important to me. Really important to you. Now, what's your absolute, have you read all the books then? I, I haven't read all of them, but I'm, 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 on, I'm on Goblet of Fire. You're on Goblet of Fire. Okay, so, so far, what is your absolute favorite book? Uh, so far, it would have to be Prisoner of Azkaban. Prisoner of Azkaban is your favorite? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, also so far, so you don't know how it ends? I have no idea. You have no idea. Okay, so no well, spoilers. Well, this one's spoiled. She spoiled, she spoiled a lot for you? It was before you read it. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all of that, all the spoiling aside, what is your absolute favorite moment so far? Um, I would, I have to quote Hermione, and that's when she tells Ron and Harry that she's going to bed because either of them could come up with another bright idea to get them killed or worse, expelled. Yes. Because Hermione is just that's the Hermione is my, in the first one, right? Yeah, Hermione yeah. is my spirit animal. Right. So, <laughs> as far as the books go versus the movies. Have you seen all the movies? I have not. I've seen two of them. You've seen two of them? Yes. Okay. Um, now, do you think that they adapt them well? Um, movies <laughs> don't tend to follow books that, right. that closely, Absolutely. but they do good, I guess. They, they, they kind of follow the book. Right. Some, yeah. some things are different. They get a little worse as they go on, yeah. but I'm not trying to spoil anything <laughs> for you. There, there are... Uh, well, she's. I, I have. We've established that she's not any farther than. Uh, Goblet, what was it? Goblet, Goblet of Fire. Fire. So you read up the Goblet of Fire? Yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're not. We're not before you read this one, huh? Uh huh. But you're so planning you're on. Sitting there staring at you like. I know. Three, you're like, I can't have three. Hey, I know. I know. <laughs> it's it's crazy. That's for sure. Um. Okay. Well. Uh. I I think you. What did you say your name was? Nikki. Nikki. Okay. Perfect. Um. And you said you're 13. Yes. All right. Perfect. Well. Um. Here. Let me give you one of yeah. these. Oh, you're all set. Now, what is your name? Hi, I'm Ruby Wellpot. Okay. You, actually, you have a you have a name. If it hopefully it doesn't embarrass you, but it kind of sounds like a name from Harry Potter. Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead and tell your name again. My name is Ruby. 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 What's your last name? Wellpot. Ruby Wellpot. It just sounds like a Harry Potter name. Oh, Ruby it Wellpot. Sounds like a real it sounds like in someone that would exist in the Harry Potter universe. That's pretty cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. All right, so what does Harry Potter mean to you, Ruby? Um, well, Harry Potter, it's kind of inspiring, like, to get into your imagination. Absolutely. So, to me, it means, like, creativeness. Yeah. And um, it's something that a lot of people of anywhere could really get into. Right. Uh, how old are you? I'm 12. You're 12? And how? what age did you discover Harry Potter? Um... Like around nine. Nine? Yeah, because my brother was really into it. Right, right. So, um, what? Who's your favorite character? Ron Weasley. Ron Weasley. You're the second person tonight to tell me Ron Weasley. Why do you like Ron Weasley so much? Um, I I like his family. You like all the Weasleys? Yeah. Yeah. Who's your favorite Weasley besides Ron? Who are you gonna win, Brett? Yeah, Brett's me. Um, 
The, I like the twins both. Okay. Fred and George both. Yeah. Do you like uh, do you like uh Um there's one here with um, here. Arthur? Mm, not as much as the twins and Ron. Not as much as the twins and Ron. Okay, so do you have a favorite book? The Sorcerer's Stone. That's your absolute favorite one? Yeah. Yeah? Did you did you sit on your eleventh birthday and wait for your Hogwarts letter to come? What? Did you sit on your eleventh birthday? Did you wait for your Hogwarts letter to come? No. No. I'm a muggle. Oh yeah, well at least you embrace it, right? Yeah. Um. So do you have a favorite magical creature? I like the um. I like the unicorns. Like I like it. My favorite part in the movie is like of the Sorcerer's Stone is whenever um they discover the dead unicorn because I think it's really cool. Right. That has like silver blood. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was really cool. It was one of the. It was one of the my youngest memories of watching that movie for the first time. So, um, cool. Yeah, absolutely. I do. You, are you getting the new book tonight? Uh, my brother is. Your brother's getting the new <laughs> yeah. book. So, uh, do you have any uh, theories of where the story might go? No. You don't. You don't know. No. See, so did you read the last book? You read all of them. I haven't read the books, but I read. read I read. I read. Um, three of them. Okay. But um, last summer, me and my brother, we got all of the movies, and then we just watched them all in one day. We woke up early, and we stayed up, like, really late, and we just watched them all, like, like two breaks. Oh, yeah. See, I, I, I used to do that, too, with a bunch of my friends. I called it Potterpalooza. It was, it was a good time. Cool. And we used to do that uh, before the new movies would come out in the theaters. It was fun. Awesome. But, okay. Well, I appreciate you doing an interview with me. Oh, you're welcome. Ruby Wellpot. I'll remember Thank that you. name forever. It sounds Thanks. like a Harry Potter name. Thank you. So, oh yeah, no problem. You have a good night, okay? You too. All right, and your name? Skyla. Skyla. Here. If you, can, if you want to hold that up to you that way. All right, um, and what what does Harry Potter mean to you? I don't know, like, happiness and protection. Happiness and protection. That's yeah, it's like That's when things get too rough, you can always escape and to the books. Right. Harry Potter is timeless. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. It, it, it'll go on for years and years to come. All right. Yeah. So what age did you discover Harry Potter? Uh, a few months ago. A few months ago? Really? Yeah. Wow. I think like around no October. It was October. And, um, and have you read all the books? Yes. You have read all the books? All right, and, and I hear that you're uh, keen on spoiling for your friends. It was before she read the books, because at first she didn't want to read them, and so I'm like really big on ranting, and I accidentally spoiled it. I didn't think she'd actually read the books, so. So if we can get her to walk away, I would love to hear your best Harry Potter rant. <laughs> All right, um, <laughs> good. You want to hear spoilers? It's for your own protection. Protego, you can't hear <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true, but yeah, I, I, if you want to, you don't have to, but I would love to hear. No, it's mainly just how Fred didn't deserve what he got, and how upset I am that Peeves wasn't in the movie. I, hey, I agree right there with you. I really wish that Peeves wasn't there. Yeah. Or I really wish that Peeves was there. That's something that him and I have talked about a million times. That's something I talk about a million times. I mean, Peeves is one of he's one of the best characters in the books. Hey, yeah. You don't see him one time in the entire movie. None of the movies he's in. I know. It makes me so mad. Or Winky. You don't see Winky once either. Really? Yeah, Winky is not Winky is not in any of the movies. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I know. I'm sorry. We're not trying to spoil it for you. Listen, that's not too bad of a spoiler. Goblet of Fire, the movie, is it's bad. One of the worst adaptations of a book. Like the book was Ever. amazing, the movie was like, oh, are you Deathly kidding me? Hollows was kind of bad too. 
See, I thought Deathly Hallows really, was the best. They didn't really get Fred's death right. Uh, she has it written on her bookshelf. Well, I do. I yeah. have the death scene from the book written on my bookshelf. Oh, really? <laughs> I kind of do quotes from TV That's, shows. I would see that scene and cry every time if I looked at that bookshelf. I was like, no. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Well, um, so let me think. You need something? I, you, turning I in your remember, uh, I was going to ask you, but what is, okay, yeah, what is your absolute favorite moment from Harry Potter ever? When Fred and George, uh... You're big on Fred and George. <laughs> yeah, they're my favorites. But, um, when they, like... Yeah. In the fifth year, when they uh, drop out of Hogwarts, I like. And they stick it to Umbridge. Yeah, and Fred looked at Peeves and said, "Give her hell from us." And Peeves had like actually taken off his hat and bowed. I thought that was the yeah. coolest Did thing ever. I know. Oh, but it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that's cool. I actually forgot that that happened, but that's cool that you reminded me of that. Um, okay, well, do you have a favorite character of, besides the Weasley boys? <laughs> Luna Lovegood. Luna Lovegood's your favorite? Yeah. You relate to her? A lot, yeah. Luna's yeah. over there. I'm extremely weird. Right. Right, well, hey, oh, that, that's awesome. Luna Lovegood's, Luna Lovegood's a, per, a, great, a great person. Yeah. But, uh, oh, well, thank you. Thank you for doing an interview. Thank you. Um, we at Chocolates Podcast assume no claim in sounds, references, music, and graphics and are not affiliated or endorsed by any companies involved, such as Disney, Lucasfilm, Marvel, DC Comics, Warner Brothers, Sony, ComicBook.com, or any of their affiliates. Nerdtocalypse is a non-profit generating podcast made for entertainment purposes. We can be found on social media at facebook.com slash nerdtocalypse and on Twitter at nerdtocalypse. You can also email us, nerdtocalypse at gmail.com. We really appreciate you listening. Please subscribe to us at any of the following servers. iTunes, Stitcher, Satchel, Player FM, and TuneIn Radio. Or also on Facebook every Monday for a live viewing of the show. Please, if you enjoy the show, let us know via email or review on iTunes. If you'd like to be a guest, either in person or via Skype, please send us an email. If there's any subject matter you wish us to discuss, please let us know. We will do all the necessary research to bring you that specific content, either in our next episode or a special of your very own. Thank you again for listening to Nerd Talk Lips Podcast.